Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm your host, Ken Napsok, uh, here for another edition of Force Center, the flagship show on the podcast feed that is growing and to be 
It's becoming successful because of you out there in the audience, and we are so appreciative that you're here for another adventure. And with me is the other host of this show, uh, the co-pilot to my co-pilot, because we're both mutual co-pilots. <laughs> we share the load, which is a different genre of show. It is Mr. Joseph Scrimshaw. Hello. I am happy to be here with my fellow co-pilot. We're here. We're yeah. having fun. Uh, we are still basking in the glow of The Force Awakens. Yeah, the glow just won't stop emanating. <laughs> and we are recording this uh, and, and releasing it later. So I've at the time of this recording, I've seen it six times with some plans to see it more. So in the future, I will have seen it even more even than more I times. Yeah, I'm on five. We're – okay. Uh, I, I wasn't planning on the six. I was going to be okay. five and rest for a while. And the six, uh, Matt Key, our mutual friend, uh, ended up saying, hey, I got a ticket for you. Come see a show. And, yeah. and, I, and I saw it. Um, have you found that there's – I think everyone's on these similar journeys of, one, we're nervous. Two, you get to enjoy it more. Yeah. Three, blah, blah, blah. Where are you at with that journey, the journey of actually seeing the it? The journey of it. I think it was a little affected by the medium in the audiences that I was seeing it with. Yeah. The first one was for sure just like what is going to happen, what is going to happen, and that strange alienating experience of what kind of creature is Han carrying? <laughs> I'm supposed to know all of those dumb facts, and I can't. Right. And like I'm trying to memorize dumb facts, and I'm you know hoping that Luke shows up, but hoping that he doesn't take away Ray's thunder and like, yeah. all that. Uh, and then the second time was it just felt like ironing in a good way. Yeah. Of like, oh, now I'm getting the sense of this. Um, and then like third time again was was kind of like taking it all in but the the fourth time i saw it was at el capitan and right. this is the sunday of the opening weekend they have el capitan's yep. disney's flagship uh movie theater in uh, la and they have this dumb ridiculous pre-show yeah of a, a lightsaber light show it feels like like an old planetarium like some like pink floyd should be playing and there should be like a 70 year old token up in the back it's like a ridiculous <laughs> laser light show uh but the audience was the widest demographic of ages, mm -hmm. uh, just in every way, at this special event theater, beautiful theater, yeah. and the audience was just blown away. Yeah. So that, for me, was the most powerful of, like, I'd really, really taken it all in, and then I really got to enjoy it with an audience laughing at every beat, right. cheering at every beat, you know, yeah. hissing at Kylo Ren, just, like, everything <laughs> you want. Uh, so that was great. Uh, and then I saw it the last time uh, I saw it at Grauman's, right. which, you know, it, I've always known, before I even really understood L.A. or yeah. what a yeah. Grauman's Chinese theater might be, I'd seen that picture of everybody lining up in 77. Yeah. My wife and I moved here about two years ago, and she's like, do you want to go to Grauman's? I'm like, not until Star Wars comes out. Oh, well played, sir. Uh, so we went there for the first time, and that was an amazing experience, and that had the, uh, you know, the IMAX real 3D. Yeah. So then that was the sort of the new journey for me was seeing it with good 3D. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But now, I, yeah, now and now I'm to the point where, like, I really want to stop uh, nitpicking and I really want to have experiences of if I see it again in the theater, which I think I'm going to. Yeah. I want to try to have an experience where I just really go on the adventure. Mm -hmm. And my mind doesn't get hung up on the little details. See, and I had I, uh, same thing. Nervous as hell in the first one. I saw it at a press screening, so the press was we were all into it because we're all fans, most of us. Mm -hmm. um, but it, we're all tense because the first time you're like, "Oh, get it right, get it right," and I'm at the first line of dialogue. This will begin to make things right. I was like, I don't know if that was delivered right. I don't. What's <laughs> what's going on? Who what, who is that character? And uh, 
I had the same. We all kind of went through that. And two, you start to pick up more, and then you and I kind of have discussions, and then you're like, you know, again, like if well, Joseph brought up a good point, I'm going to watch it with that. Or I heard Mark Riley say this, yeah. and, and, and then theories, and then well, now I know it's Lor Santeca, and now I know it's Snap Wexley who appeared in Aftermath. So then I started yeah. getting comfortable. Uh, but the fifth time. Something weird happened. I went with my family over the Christmas break, and a twelve-year-old nephew was a Star Wars fan, but he's a very quiet kid, and, and I, uh, so I didn't get to see it through his eyes like I maybe would have wanted yeah. to. I, I just was like, "How'd you like it?" He's like, yeah, "It's good," um, <laughs> um, but I could tell he's a Star Wars fan. He's just a real quiet kid. Yeah. But uh, the fifth time, the biggest problem I had coming out of the first viewing became my most enjoyable part of the fifth viewing, which is the attack on Star Killer Base. I was in, and you said it. I got swept up in the adventure of it. Yeah, and pr- I think it was because I put aside the pretension of thinking, well, it's just a repeat. Because after the first time, I did. You can go on this network, and my first gut reactions are recorded. Yeah, I didn't like that they repeated the Death Star, and I still okay, hey, hey, you know. But the fifth viewing, it was because now I was invested in Snap Wexley, yeah, Jess Pava, and 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 uh, the the alien that's named after uh, the Beastie Boys. Hello, Asti. Hello, Asti. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> you know, and now I know, and now I know that Corsell is on the balcony when that's the Chancellor yeah. of Vilchem. And I know, and I knew, and now I was in a familiar familiar universe now, and I had a great great time with the things that I didn't like as much the first time because I had released all of those uh, you know criticisms, and and I went for the journey. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, we talk about Star Wars, it's so much more than any one movie, and part of that is sort of collecting all of this other information that seeps out from books and comics and and collector cards, and, you know, using that to expand the the movie in your mind, that's a part of what this whole weird experience is. It's not just a movie. It's great as a movie, but if you want to start filling it in... You know, you can do that, and that's a great experience. Yeah. I think for me, a weird thing that I've had on the multiple viewings, too, is I love the movie, but in some ways it just makes me so excited for episode eight. I'm antsy. Like, I think it's because that the first half hour, Mm -hmm. maybe even 40 minutes, is so much about introducing these new characters, and they, I love their youth, and I love their kind of hunger for adventure, Yeah, that when we get to... Maz's place mm-hmm. in the the film slows down because it has to and it should. It does, yeah. That there that on some of my later viewings I would get antsy. Well, and be my- like this is where the gears need to turn. Yeah, and then they're great gears and I love watching them turn. But just like I just want Poe Dameron to be saying, "Yeah, buddy, yeah, to buddy. somebody," and having Ray run around and like you know they have to have their doubts. But I've got yeah. antsy. In that part of the yeah, movie, wanting um, more of that youthful adventure. Maz's uh, castle, um, prior to the vision, uh, is my bathroom break time on the fourth, fifth, and sixth viewings, like if I needed to, or even by the third. Yeah. I try not to – I'm one of those, like, try to hold it. Oh, yeah. But because I, I – both times, they'd get to the castle. I think I went bo- twice. Uh, it's weird. I'm talking about my bathroom breaks on a <laughs> podcast. But it was like the castle doors open, and I got over the initial – there's some fun stuff of, ha! Solo, and yeah. where's my boyfriend Chewy? I like then that Wookie. I like that Wookie. And then I was like, yeah, "All right, cool. I can I can run to the bathroom real quick." So I, I'm, but part of it was, yeah, I just want to get 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 to the good stuff. Get the, and not that that's bad, but like, come on, come on, come on, come on. I want to go see that fight. I want to see Poe in action. I want to see Jess Papa because now I know who that character is, and now I know. And so yeah, I think we're we're in similar similar yeah. points. Yeah, and it's just that that uh, you know the, I think it's done really well that our older characters are are in pain and they're questioning things. 
And I think what's one of the brilliant things about the movie is that it handles both those generations and their journeys really well. But the the youthful adventure is so new and fun and surprising Mm -hmm. that I just want to see more of it. It's great. And, you know, the sixth viewing, I had uh, just as much fun. And, um, you know, when Ray, you know, one of my favorite parts now having seen it, and it was cute and endearing the first time uh, when you're seeing it live, split in front of you. But when Ray in early in the movie says, Luke Skywalker, yeah. I thought he was a myth. And I'm like, honey, you're going to see Luke Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> honey, yeah. you, honey, you might know Luke Skywalker. And I get so giddy and excited. And I just love it. That um, I, I was the sixth time I saw it. I saw it with someone for, who had seen it for the first time, uh, my friend Brittany's mother. And uh, oh, cool. She cried. And she had someone who had seen it, you know, as a young, uh, young adult in 77 and uh, had no idea what happened to Han. And oh, had, so had, was, had managed free. to not be wow. spoiled. And I was sitting right next to her when it happened, and that affected her so deeply because she goes, "That was my guy." You know, yeah. so for so much of us, that was our guy. And whereas I wasn't as affected by his death as much as I thought, and blah blah blah. And I, you know, and you and I discussed those many shows. She just had the pure emotion of, "Yeah, my guy's gone. My guy is gone." And and to get to experience that the sixth time, it was an amazing journey, man. So this movie's done so much, man. Yeah. Yeah, not so much. So yeah, I, I want. I feel like we've talked about a lot of it, but a thing that we haven't talked about, you and I, that I wanted to a little bit is one of these sort of key ingredients of Star Wars that wasn't mm-hmm. really in Force Awakens, mm-hmm. but I think will be in the the rest of the movies is romance. <laughs> do, 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 do. I and, love you. I know <laughs> the soft hits of Empire Strikes Back. Welcome back to Star Wars Soft Hits Radio. <laughs> this request is going out to a young princess from Alderaan. <laughs> Absolutely, let's talk romance in Star uh, Wars because it's definitely key. It's definitely key, and there's uh, there's nothing explicit in Force Awakens. In Force Awakens, right. There is so much to infer in mm-hmm. any amount of romance that you might have felt, I wanted to see some romance in the film. Boy, right. go to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the internet will fill in the blanks. It is alive Pun intended. romance. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is very filling. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, take us down this path, man. This is something I know uh, was close to your heart, and I love talking about it, uh, because on Jedi Lines, we had the pleasure of talking about Qui-Gon and Shmi. <laughs> I think we were one of the first ones to really get out there yeah. and say that, no, these two hooked up. And now it's a prominent to. Ray theory that she is the <laughs> granddaughter of Qui-Gon and Shmi. Absolutely. I say prominent Ray theory because any theory for Ray at this point is yeah. prominent. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, her staff actually is a part of the original Death Star that blew up and landed on Jakku. Did you know? Like, all of the Ray <laughs> but, but theories. you know what, though? For two seconds, I'm like, I didn't read that. I didn't read that. <laughs> no. Because, you know, you get the visual dictionary and, uh, and uh, that's where you learn that, uh, well, Phasma's, uh, she took some chrome off Palpatine's ship. And yep. you know what? That's crazy. But I'm like, oh, that, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That looks like Nubian armor. So, yeah, of course it comes from Naboo. <laughs> it's a Nubian. Uh, it's a Nubian. <laughs> this one goes out to the little slaves. Um, yeah, so I, I, I feel like it, I want to talk about what, yeah. what was in the movie. Okay. And then what everybody's extrapolated, yeah. what we think might or Why should not? be in there. So we've got the moment between Finn and Ray. I think the most explicit moment mm-hmm. where he said, where she says, "I, you know, I've got people waiting for me, or that yeah. I need to wait for." And he says, "You got a boyfriend? You got a cute boyfriend?" Right. And I know you pinged off of just boyfriend. You you felt like maybe. That that was not vernacular that belonged in Star Wars. Yeah. It was too earthly. And I've heard other people say that uh, off air in places. And uh, again, not that we don't have those things in that universe. Clearly, we do. Yeah. Um, but it just it was a little bit too. 
it just took me out of the movie for a second. It, it, it didn't destroy the movie for me, obviously, and I love Boyega, and I love what they're doing. It was a weird moment. It, clearly, I get that maybe Finn, you know, hey, man, he's, he's FN2187, and I doubt he had any uh, girlfriends in the Imperial or First Order Academy. No. So Ray is, is an attractive female, and you're going to naturally, all right, I get it. So I got it. The, it was the choice of words. The boyfriend part. And the boyfriend. Yeah. And cute boy, boyfriend? Cute boyfriend? And... Yeah. I don't know. Does he have abs? Hot abs? Hot yeah. abs? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it felt. Yeah. I can. I can see it. It. it uh, I was so interested in like, are they going there that I didn't really react to the the boyfriend sure uh, word. But I feel like one of the subtle things going on is that they wanted to show a little bit of uh, being socially awkward from both Ray and Finn because that's yeah. part of their story and part of their bond is that they have both been kind of alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very I re- much. Yeah. I recently read the Before the Awakening book. I know you did too, and that mm-hmm. uh, fleshes out uh, Ray and Finn and, and Poe's Poe, story. Yeah. Um, but it but it uh, supports that Ray and Finn w- would not know their way around dating and flirting should they want to. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I also had a moment when I was first watching the film, the touching moment when Chewie tells Ray that it was Finn's idea to come back for her. Right. And there's just that millisecond where she's going in and is like, is it going to be a kiss? It shouldn't be a kiss. And I was like, oh, thank God it's a Yeah, hug. which I liked. I really, really liked too. I liked. Like, this, so the film leaves us with only that actual asking of, from Finn of Ray of, do you have a boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Which could just be utter social awkwardness of, she's uh, an attractive woman. I think this is what I'm, I've seen <laughs> hollow vids. I guess this is what I'm supposed to ask, ladies. <laughs> they have a true, obvious bond of... yeah. N- they they're both treating each other with respect. Finn's got that great speech, like nobody's ever looked at me like you did, and they have this true bond. Yeah, and we, they both stand up for one another. Yeah, um, so that could easily mutate into a romance. Mutate sure. is an ugly word. Well, no, yeah, from I'm, my perspective, I think it's true. No, uh, mutate's the word I choose. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it also doesn't have to at all. It, right. They could truly be that. They could be a, a Luke Han sort of like. Mm-hmm. I respect mm-hmm. you and I love you and I always have your back, but you know this isn't a, this isn't sexy time, right? Sexy time, hot sexy time. It's, no. it's not that. <laughs> uh, it could be that. And then, of course, uh, some some people on the internet would argue that uh, Poe's interest in Finn, right, is not explicit in the film. Some people might argue explicit, right, but that it could be implied. Uh, right. I've read some great articles that are like not tongue in cheek at all. They're having a serious discussion of like what. What signs are there in right. in the film itself? What hints towards romance or flirting are there? Um, what's what's the biggest moment? Is it the lip bite? I think it's the lip bite. Um, I think it is just in general that uh, Poe seems super into Finn in like lots of ways. I mean, right. Poe seems to be like that kind of supportive guy who yeah. encourages people to do their best and to believe in themselves. And that seems like oh, you could just interpret that as that's who. That's who Poe is. Right. Um, but there's that moment where he, I think you could make an argument for he checks Finn out. Like, he assesses yeah. whether or not the jacket looks good on him. Yeah. And, you know, when you see the lip bite in <laughs> just, real time. Just prominent, yeah. Uh, it's, oh, acting choice. That's fine. Yeah. But it, it, it's, it's, he's, it's, he's in the moment of assessing. Yeah. How, do you, how does the jacket look on you? Mm, it looks good. And he has that lip bite. And in the moment, it's sort of like, oh, that's kind of funny. But, you know, all the memes out there where it slows it down and puts music <laughs> in it, like, oh, oh, oh yes, I, I do see this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so we've got kind of the big three. Uh, a lot of people are also talking about they were on Ellen, the three of them, mm-hmm. before The Force Awakens was released. 
And she was asking, like, is there a romance? Are, are you guys, some of you guys hooking up? And they asked, uh, answered jokingly, but then also kind of came back around mm-hmm. and said, yep, uh, yeah, there's some stuff in this movie that it's it's not. Hmm. I, you know, I actually didn't see that interview. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and this is part of a, a great article. I wish I could remember where I read it. Um, but Google it and you'll see lots of interesting pictures of, <laughs> and you'll find uh, this article. But they were breaking down also how the the interview was. At first, they kind of deflected in a joking way, the right. way they had to at that time because it was before the movie came out about right. anything. So like the, the same right, kind of right. joking way they deflect like, uh, "You all got lightsabers? Yep, we all do." Ha ha ha. Right. Uh, but then Oscar Isaac came back around. It's like, no, but seriously, there's a uh, hmm. there's some really interesting moments in the film. There's nothing hmm. explicit, but it, there's some interesting moments and some building blocks in the film. Interesting. So the discussion is. Was was that a double switcheroo? Was he joking? Or is there, are we meant to read that there's a romance between some of these characters that is coming up? Right. Or was Oscar Isaac, was that his own personal interpretation? Is this already being discussed? Uh, and to me, the fascinating thing is like, it. it's always, uh, it's it's Finn in the middle. Finn is sort of the right. object of romance right now because yeah. Poe and Ray don't meet. Correct, yeah. Right for our big I mean, three, they don't. I mean, in, yeah, they don't have that moment. Yeah, I mean, in, in theory, they're on uh, the car at the end. Yeah, yeah, you don't have. But that they moment. don't. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, Poe is walking off to make sure that Finn is okay. He, yeah, we don't even get to see them. I think make eye contact. Yeah, you're you're right. No, you're right. Um, so in in that so the romance question to me is fascinating because there's the the Finn thing of also who's he going to be. Right, because we met him as this stormtrooper, very interesting character. We met him in almost marketing purposes as psych out Jedi. Yeah. So is he going to be a real Jedi? What, what's he going to do? So uh, I feel like it would be weird to have a Star Wars trilogy without romance. It so absolutely I feel like would. It's going to yeah. come from somewhere. Yeah. But, yeah, I, you know, and, and based on some of the casting you're hearing for aid or rumors, I, th- I I've always just uh, assumed that Finn was getting a love interest. Some of the the, the, the female casting that was coming. Right. Uh, I, to- I I'm gonna I'm gonna after this look up that Ellen interview. That's interesting because because uh, Oscar Isaac seems to have that type of uh, uh, weight to him as a person. You know, he knows there's some bigger issues at play, and what they're doing here just on on his ethnic makeup, and, and yeah. it was very very important to him that Poe came from Yavin Four because it matched his Guatemalan background. So I could see Oscar Isaac driving that, and maybe maybe it doesn't exist yet, and Oscar wants this to happen. Yeah, maybe there's some of that, and and you know, again, either choice if it's just those. Three choices. Yeah. Uh, the two choices, uh, or third if you include BB-8 as an option, um, <laughs> are are socially big They're in gigantic real, ways. Really big. I think it's a huge social difference. And again, I'm a super mm-hmm. social justice guy. I know everybody's on this spectrum of, of yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, and this is a Star Wars podcast, so take it with, with a grain of salt or what you will. But there's to me, there's such a difference between saying, huh, Poe's gay. Yeah. And, uh, and we meet... He's got a. He has a, Another, a yeah. partner yeah. who's a part of the resistance. Here's Zin Superfly. It's yeah. his boyfriend. Yeah, right. That's different than the romance story of Star Wars is going to be a black man and a Guatemalan man, right, having a gay relationship. And for me, like, I, that would be great. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm definitely willing to explore here in the Star Wars universe because I think eventually it's going to happen, if, yeah. especially if they're making a movie a year and the books are starting to get there. I wonder if the books or comics will be where it 
something like that breaks first. It seems more like it. I mean, from this- a business, I mean, just uh, unfortunately where we are, like I, I wonder if, if Iger is up in the top and like, mm, we can't do that. Um, but also just made, you know, $2 billion, you know, worldwide in, in a blip of time. So maybe, maybe they, you know, yeah. could do that. It'd be, it, it's interesting to see. Um, uh, Finn and, and Ray would still be unfortunately considered controversial in many circles, yeah. but it's you know, uh, you know Shatner uh, and Star Trek broke that first bond, and <laughs> we're still it's by st- guarantee it would be an issue. Yeah, if Finn alone in a stormtrooper outfit was an issue, Finn and Ray would be an issue. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. and Star Wars carries a weight there where I would like to see them tackle that. In, in a in a in a different more modern way, um, where like you said, you're right, you're right. If 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 it's revealed that Poe has this guy Zen in the corner, or, or you know, and they met at A wing school or yeah. something, <laughs> uh, that would be big. That'd be very big. It'd be big all by itself in, in general society at large. But you're right. It could be. It's not. It's not so much in our face. I'm going to use that term, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah. Where it's like it's a thing, but yeah, those two guys on the poster. No, they're the ones. Yeah. That would be – it would be giant. I think it would be like nothing we have ever seen, the scale of uh, something that is um, that progressive mm-hmm. and uh, tied to a property that is this big. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, it's like, well, the big properties are what make things – make people accept, hey, everybody's different. This doesn't affect me. This doesn't hurt me. Right. Everything goes on. Um, and if, and obviously, they are broaching – you know topics of having lots of gay characters in the books yeah and i mean aftermath like it, it, um, aftermath feels like it, they knew that they were going to get this you know reaction and that's almost what the title is about <laughs> like yeah after, yeah yeah aftermath of aftermath uh, and for those who haven't read aftermath one of the main characters is revealed very subtly very late yeah that he's he's uh, gay uh i mean i was i remember hearing about it before and i was like yeah. deep into the book i'm like really i haven't and then it, uh, there's a little moment and then i think uh uh one of the characters um is it snap himself his ants are gay yeah his ants are gay and i think there's a in there's an imperial character in uh lords of the sith who's gay yes the uh, the uh, female admiral right yeah yeah, yeah or one of the leaders yeah yeah but so, it is but the reaction to that has been fascinating i think to me might inform a little bit of that yeah. conversation of how it gets handled in star wars in that aftermath i think if there had been no gay characters mm-hmm. there would have been criticisms of it as a book Mm-hmm. Because we weren't prepped for the fact that it wasn't going to focus on our main characters, right? right and it right. features in its this very splintered story that that shows us all across the galaxy the results of the Battle of Endor and the right. formation. So I think there's plenty of things for people to talk about with the book itself. And then I was the same as you going into it. Nothing I had heard is is I had heard nothing but backlash to gay characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought it was going to be very very like this is a main plot point. Right. And oh, and, and aftermath. Yeah, was absolutely. Not at all. It was just the what we were talking about. Just yeah. Oh, this character's gay. Cool. Right. It's not a huge plot point at all. It's just a part of who they are. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that is that's the fascinating thing to me because obviously for our world to progress and for everybody to be more uh, comfortable and to stop making these kind of complaints mm-hmm. that aftermath got. You do have to take it a step farther and say, "Yep, you know what? You remember how on Empire Strikes Back the poster was Han and Leia kissing." That's going to be Poe and Finn. That's what you, that that <laughs> sweeping kiss. Yeah, that Tumblr world, world you're afraid of. Yeah, that's going to be in the center of the poster of the biggest film 
possibly ever made of episode right. eight, you know. Right. And then there's that much safer choice of like, yeah, Poe can be gay, but he can only be gay up to this point. And he right. can't be he can be gay, but he can't be gay with Finn. He can't Finn. be gay gay. Yeah, yeah so there, yeah, to yeah. me there's this fascinating choice of like, yes, it's a company. And yes, yeah. it needs to uh, do what it needs to for its own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has staked its claim on being progressive by introducing Ray and Finn right. as the heroes. Right. Uh, and it, it's fascinating to me to see if if they will make these choices and make themselves a part of not an agenda, right? But saying we don't care. This is where the characters are naturally going. Yeah, we're not making a statement. We're just telling a story, and these are simple truths about these characters. Yeah. But then you get the backlash of it's an agenda. They're selling yeah. something, and like. It, it, yeah, you know, if if at the end of eight or at some point in eight, there's a there's a moment where Finn and Poe kiss, um, the uh, the the world would explode in some uh, just a, a good good bad and indifferent. Actually, there'd be no indifferent. Probably, <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, I'm I'm saying this in a positive sense. Like, wow, that that will you'll feel the rumblings. Yeah, I feel like there will be some indifferent because yeah. you know we well, talk about could. being in a Star Wars bubble. So there's a little bit of like, why is everybody mad? Oh, your Star well, Wars it, it, people <laughs> kissed. Yeah. yeah. Did Yoda Here's, kiss a droid? What happened? What Why happened? are you guys upset? Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, I that's going to be a, a a neutron bomb uh, uh, dropped in society, and, and that, that's going to happen somewhere eventually. Yes. And, we're, and, and Star Wars has that pulpit. Um, which is why, again, going back to the casting thing, and that, that was a lot of the criticisms early on of like you had this opportunity, your Star Wars. Yeah. Um, same now with the female directors, and, and, and Kathleen Kennedy's gonna. Uh, there's going to be a, a female director of a Star Wars film after yeah. we have our three white guys out of the way. Um, you know, so th- I think they're very aware. You're right, they're very aware. Maybe not Disney, Disney at a lot. Well, they're aware, but yeah. um, the people at Lucasfilm, the people making these movies, are very aware. So. I, I I don't know. Like, I, if I was to start this conversation, I'd bet no that it's not the case. At yeah. least not Poe and Finn. Um, but I, I I wouldn't put all my money down on no. Yeah, I wouldn't. I feel like I I feel like they're probably not going to um, right have a big uh, relationship between uh, Finn and Poe because I think partially what you were saying of the casting, mm. all the casting announcements for Episode Eight said they're introducing this new female character yeah. who's testing with John Boyega for chemistry. Right. So it could be that none of our big three It could are be gonna, fighting chemistry. Yeah, it could be, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it could be that none of our big three are going to have romantic, mm-hmm. romantic interests with one another, but instead it's going to be yeah. a new character. Yeah. But even that starts to spin me because I feel like a lot of the criticisms of The Force Awakens are it should have had more of X. And going forward with episode eight, like Force Awakens did a great job spinning plates. And going yeah. forward with episode eight, like we love these three new characters, and we love uh, BB-8, and right. we want to see more Leia, and Luke's finally back, and well, we need to get to know Snoke, and what's the backstory? Yeah. Who are Ray's pa- Like, there's so much to deal with, yeah. and then I hear casting, like, and there's new people, like, damn it, there's, it's, it's like a new season of Game of Thrones. There's more, <laughs> or a new book. More yeah. names hey, to memorize. You know, hey, maybe, maybe the romance of episode eight is, is Princess Leia and Admiral Akbar finally come to terms with what's been. Wow. You know. I was, I was just <laughs> thinking Leia. I wasn't thinking Akbar, but yeah, I, you know, or maybe that white haired major that's always next to uh, Yeah. Major Emmett. I think. Emmett. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it could be that maybe yeah. we could dive into a, an older a widow learning to find love again. Who knows? But, uh, but you, as you're talking, I'm thinking, yeah, like they didn't really set it up. Cause I don't think for a second it's going to be Ray and Finn. I really don't. It doesn't, it feels like a, uh, a, a sibling love. Yeah, it really does. It, it sets it up, um, from him grabbing her hand early on. The boyfriend line's the only thing that stands out, yeah. but that doesn't 
they don't extrapolate that to anything else. And then the friend, the friend hug. And look, as a man who's been on many of those hugs, um, which uh, you know now I understand more than I did back then. But uh, um, to me, that was the moment. That was the moment. If 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 the Finn and Ray are going to have that, they're, they're going to kiss there, or it's going to be expressed there, uh, and it didn't. It was compatriot. It was friend. It was partner. It was we're in this together as as not as boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, um, but maybe even soulmates. But it's not yeah. a sexy time thing. Yeah. Um. So that. But 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 going forward, then like it's going to be a weird thing to introduce an eight. Not that you couldn't. Yeah. But suddenly now we have you know Finn's what is Finn's nurse going to fall in love with them? You know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. could be awkward or could not fit into the universe, or maybe they're just going to try to do it without. And I think that would be a mistake because part of the fun of 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 Star Wars and the part of the thing we felt the prequels didn't hit on as well was the the, the love story. The yeah. chemistry in the prequels wasn't as good as as Han and Leia. What is in movies? That's one of yeah, the best of all time. Amazing. So I think it needs it, but it, it clearly didn't have it in this one. Yeah, and I, I had never thought about it this way until just now, but I wonder how much uh, the romances that we're familiar with in Star Wars, we now know the point of both of them in both trilogies is to propagate the Skywalker line oh, so we yeah. have more people to uh, be Jedi and evil yeah. Jedi. <laughs> turn, turn, like, the spinning cycle of yeah, Skywalkers. If we don't get a Skywalker pregnant in this trilogy... <laughs> We're dropping the ball. Yeah. Uh, which then gets into, well, Finn's not a Skywalker, unless they got a big twist coming for us. Yeah. Poe is not a Skywalker, unless they got a big twist coming for us. Ray might be a Skywalker. Many people believe her to be. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, maybe Kylo is the only Skywalker, so maybe Kylo has her own. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, oh my God, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, and it stays. It stays evil. They just, they just, they're a bad dysfunctional oh, relationship. Yeah. That would be really fun <laughs> to that see couple them. you know that fight at the parties. <laughs> yeah, you hear they're coming. Like, oh, I really like hanging out with each of you individually, but uh, damn it, no. When Kylo just, and Kira get together, man, they're just don't invite them yeah. to your Star Killer two base opening. Yeah. They're going to be locked in your bedroom, either <laughs> fighting or having sex, one of the two. But they won't be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or hey, you know, maybe maybe Ray is not related to anyone that we know, and maybe yeah. her and uh, her and Kylo, uh, you know, have a little thing. I don't know. There's so many ways. And it's exciting that there's so many ways, but I do. I feel they need one. I feel they yeah. need it. It would be a uh, wouldn't be a space opera without it. Yeah, and maybe they'll do the twist of there are a couple of romances that we do spend a little bit of time on. Yeah, like there's a part of me also that just feels like regardless of what his sexuality is you know mm. gay straight bi pan whatever for right. for poe he he seems like a very sexual character and that's not just because uh oscar isaac is super attractive yeah yeah like i'm going against all of my comedy instincts and in talking about this very seriously hey. <laughs> of like he i think there's something about his character i keep mm. calling him your sexy older brother yeah there's something about his character that just feels like this is a person who loves to express himself and loves to give and share and take and it seems like i would like to see that character express that fully he's a romantic mm-hmm. physical Force. Yeah, well, you know, and, and I draw the comparisons to the Red Viper in Game of Thrones that Pedro Pascal played so well. I over yeah. my talent season four of Game of Thrones and, and similar, and, and it's a coincidence, or maybe it's not a coincidence. That's the two, like, prominent Latin characters, Latin, you know, um, Dorn, I guess, is technically Latin in the world of Game of Thrones. But, um, you know, so I don't want to make that uh, Latin Lothario type of connection, but uh, also there's some truth to that, uh, that these guys, just who they are. Pedro Pascal, uh, uh, you know, he, he, I might be the luckiest man in the world if that did it for me. Man, yeah. that dude is great. <laughs> and Oscar Isaac's got that same vibe, so a lot of that's going into Poe, and that, and a lot of that's why, for me, um, in that moment, until it became a, a meme and a Tumblr thing, I didn't see it as anything other than this passionate dude is like, no, keep that jacket, man. Yeah. You look good. You're awesome. We're buddies. You know, me and my friend Matt Key, you know, we're not as sexy as Oscar Isaac either, <laughs> but we see each other. We give each other big hugs, and I yeah. say, I love you, man, because that's the kind of relationship we have. So I didn't see it as anything. I just was I just I have a crush on Poe too, man, because Poe's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's there's yeah it's it's there's so many ways to go. Eight is. Eight's going to have uh, 
A lot of pressure on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's so it could be all romances. It could be all romances and flashbacks to explain mysteries yeah. and no actual forward <laughs> no, movement actually. in the story. And that's why Ryan Johnson's like, I'm not, I'm surprised Disney is yeah. even letting me make this movie. First we get a flashback to Luke's uh, having a relationship of some yeah. kind and it like yeah. wouldn't that be amazing if we spent a bunch of time on Luke's relationship and then it turns out and he didn't even have kids. But <laughs> here's some info. Well, did you see that tweet from Hamill? Someone tweeted uh to Hamill recently about um Skywalker's sexuality and, and uh Luke said it it was not addressed in the movies, still hasn't been, either way. Like yeah. you take make Luke what you want. Yeah. You know, leaving it's it open ended. Clearly a, uh, a schoolboy crush on yeah. Leia. You <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then hey, if I found out I was in you know in love with a woman turned out to be my sister, I might have go <laughs> the other direction just to clear clear the palette a little bit. Yeah. Um yeah, we'll see, man. There's a lot there. There's a lot there in episode seven for a movie that doesn't have a lot there in terms yeah. of romance. Yeah, it introduces so many sentences that have ellipses at the end. Yeah, you know, and that's and I'm I'm in the romance is a big one. Yeah, it is. It is. And 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 uh, uh, what made uh, you know uh, we've been on this show and I use the term defending the prequels and that's now a that's now a thing, but a uh, bad thing. And uh, you know, no, the prequel thing. Yeah. I enjoy these movies, and you you've helped make me enjoy them more. Um, but uh, that's definitely one of the things it did lack was the heat between those two leads that I would have liked to see yes. work out a little better. Yes. Um, but that might be more about um, the actors themselves or what was going on, some stuff you hear now about Natalie behind the scenes, you know, all that kind of stuff. Or Lucas as the director himself. You yeah. Know? Um, but uh, at least it tried. At least it was there. We needed yeah. it. We needed the, the Skywalker love <laughs> to keep things rolling. Yeah, and these char- these new characters are just so passionate. I just feel like I want to see them have full lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, yeah, that would be a misfire again. Going back to Force Awakens and, and what's coming forward, like it'd be a misfire to not have it. But it definitely, like, look, I I, I want if Ray's going to ever have children, I don't want it. I want it to be between nine and ten. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want that character have to have to. I was going to say the term "bogged down." That's Jennifer would slap me if I was here. <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? Like, I I want that. I don't want that character to need. I don't want Ray to need a man or any relationship in a kid. Yeah. Like, I don't. I want that character to be. The front and center of the battle between good well, and evil. Well, yeah, and I think it's just – yeah, it's just about w- what you want to see her do and the sides of the character that you want to see. And I think just like we wouldn't have wanted, you know, the space between – the second half of Attack of the Clones would have been boring if Anakin was just at home yeah. getting ready for his kids. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Rey. It's, it's a responsibility of a parent. I want to see Rey pushing herself, fighting, making choices, you know, right. being, being the hero and leading the charge. Yeah, absolutely, and I hope anyone out there who's a parent understands what I'm trying to get across when I say I don't want Ray to have that. I want uh, this is not that part of that her character's story yet to me. Like, yeah, and, and I don't want that. I, I want I want her in front and center. I want more lightsaber battles with Ray. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know the the love of of Han and Leia and Empire as it played out through the original trilogy, but definitely an Empire. You know, for me growing up, man, that that might be why I'm so bad at dating because I can't have those moments. <laughs> I try to build those moments. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It affected me, you know? That, yeah, it's, that was my it's just, first, you know, Leia was my first crush, along with Snow White at the Disneyland parade. Uh, and, uh, you know, Han was the first one. I Like, oh, that's how you get a girl. Yeah, and I mean, they just meet each other halfway. That they, It's very clear. It's so well-written and well-acted mm-hmm. and subtle and specific of Leia is used to being really, you know, in military world 
and Han is yeah. untrusting and is afraid to express emotion. And, you know, they each give each other something and mm-hmm. they meet halfway and it's just great. And I would love to see something with that yeah. sort of quality and, and uh, integrity behind it. I, I, I think it will happen. Something will happen. Some some kind of love will bloom. Uh, out, out there listening, if you've got a thought or theory on the love in uh, the new trilogy, tweet us at Force Center Pod, hashtag Force Center, and tell us what you think, man. Tell us. Be nice about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and hey, if it's, if it's Maz Kanata and Chewie, then that's what we're going to get. <laughs> yeah, I would be happy to see that. I, I don't like know if I'd be movie. happy to see it, but I'd be okay with it existing. Well, I would be happy to. I never want to see any actual sexy times in Star Wars. I feel like you it know, would be out of place. Romance in the old sense. Of romance. The word. Romance. Absolutely. Yeah. There would. Yeah. Yeah. That. That. Yeah. It's not. That is not a connection to Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Keep uh, your bandolier on, Chewie. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, anything else you want to talk about romance? No, there? no. Uh, I'm good. good. But it's I'll... a good start of the conversation. It's definitely something we're going to be following through this Absolutely. next trilogy. Um, and, and, and in terms of a, of, of a main char- Star Wars character being gay, I think they, I think it's going to happen on the screen eventually if it hasn't already yeah. uh, that we don't know about. Yeah, but, I, I, you know, and the anthology movies could be another place to do that. Who knows about I don't, Rogue One is definitely not about romance. Yeah. And I'll, yeah, I'll just say I don't think – the thing is, is I don't think it's an agenda – Mm-hmm. Um, no. I don't think any choice that's made is an agenda of Disney, of Lucasfilm, of any of the individual creators saying, we need to show this. I think it's just getting caught up in the excitement of, we all love Star Wars and we all want to see stuff that looks like us up there on the screen because yeah. we all want to be invited to the party. Yeah. And, and if that's an agenda, then that's an agenda I'm fine with. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it is, uh, you have to make your audience, uh, you have to make your product look like your audience sometimes. Uh, and I, even in some of my other business, other places I've worked, uh, uh, in, in the private security industry, it's like we have to make our staff look like our crowd. That yeah. We're gonna, because that, that's where we are. And that's a good place to be. And, uh, you know, let me tell you something. I know, I know some gay men and I know they're Star Wars fans. So I bet they want to see themselves yeah. on the screen. Absolutely. And I, I, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I hope it's not just a draw. Well, to be sure, pretty sure C-3PO is the first gay character we've ever seen in Star Wars. <laughs> um, but that is uh, not what we mean. Um, so as we, uh, we're going to do uh, more and more, I do it on Spotlight Star Wars, but we're going to do it here from time to time on Force Centers. We're going to go to the uh, Twitter sphere uh, and our Twitter feed again is at Force Center Pod, P-O-D. And we're going to take some uh, questions from the uh, the audience, so to speak, here. Uh, since we're not live, we do it this way. We have the hashtag Force Center and that is where you can find some great questions that you guys have sent uh, and so Joseph and I are going to take a look at some of them. And uh, Joseph, we went over a little bit these before, but we're just going to kind of answer on the fly awesome. and see what we got here in about the 10 minutes we have left. Um, Ryan Wren at Falcon Gunner 33. I love that name. He's got yeah. a great picture standing next to uh, looks like a First Order Stormtrooper uh, in his uh, uh, Twitter profile there. He asks us, uh, does Vader's helmet, the charred remains of Vader's helmet. Does Vader's helmet show Kylo visions the same way Luke's saber did for Rey? What do you think about that? I don't think so. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I think it is rare. I, I want to believe that it is rare for an object sort of imbued with the Force, like the lightsaber, to mm-hmm. call out. Like yes. I feel like that's an act of desperation from the Force. Like yeah. that's a part of the story of the Awakening. Exactly. exactly. And, I, and I want Anakin's story to remain... I became redeemed mm-hmm. and i want anakin as a force ghost to believe that kylo ren is making a bad a bad choice gotcha. and that he is following in his footsteps when uh, those aren't the footsteps i want you to follow yeah and it also makes sense to me for ren's character to have to want that more than anything to want mm-hmm. his 
his evil <laughs> grandfather yeah. to validate him. Yeah. And it explains Ren's frustration and fear of not living up to him if he can't contact him, if he can't, you know, yeah. walk in his footsteps correctly. Yeah, the the moments and it's Ayak, it's it's definitely some of my favorite imagery in the Force Awakens and my favorite moment is when he's talking to uh, Vader. Um, I, I I didn't like any he had to use the term grandfather, but I also think that's for the general audience mm-hmm. who's like, oh, oh, got um, it. Yeah. So again, I'm I'm being nitpicky there. I loved the scene. I loved the moments. I love Ren. Um, I think Ryan, to answer your question, no, there's no visions coming that way. And I think uh, you know, touching a little bit on what Joseph said, this is what I think. I think Ren is squinting his eyes and hoping that that yeah. helmet gives him visions, and that's why he's begging, show me, show me. I don't think Vader rose from that helmet in any way, shape, or form to say, here's the way. I think he read, studied, went searching for that helmet, which is an interesting story that we're probably maybe never going to hear, but I wouldn't mind finding out. Um, And I think he's just trying as damnedest to will that helmet to tell him something. Yeah. And he's inferring a lot, and that is why he's so mixed up, and that is why Snoke or whoever uh, Snoke is, or maybe it's just Snoke, uh, was able to crawl into that headspace. Yeah. Um, He's not getting the visions because the visions would probably warn him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the, and I, I know he has a little line, show me again. Yeah. Uh, it, but I, I interpret that as like, oh, he's meditating by yeah. the helmet and has seen flashes that, of the power of darkness. That's what that, I mean. Yeah. I think you're, he's read a history book, or actually there's no books to read in the Star Wars universe, huh? <laughs> um, he's, he saw a holovid, and, yeah. and it is now, you know, that's what he's, he's – show me again just means – I'm 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 ready to believe. Yeah. I'm gonna believe. I'm trying to convince myself. Yeah, to me, it's like show me the brochure again. <laughs> <laughs> Why was this timeshare a good idea? Give me the pamphlet. <laughs> uh, Chris Alex Akos at Calic Calax. Uh, wow, Chris, uh, we <laughs> might have to talk about your branding. Chris is an avid listener of the Four Center Podcast feed, and I appreciate his tweets. And he has a couple uh, that I want to answer here, oh, Joseph. Wow. Um, he says, "What story would you want to see presented, not in movies or TV, but in other media, so books, comics, video games, web series? I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, uh, where do you want to? What, what do you? What stories do you think?" Could be told outside of those bonds that haven't been told already. Uh, he, there, I have two two thoughts. Uh, one, I wouldn't mind hearing. Uh, I wouldn't mind reading some books mm-hmm. that are adventures of our classic heroes yeah. in between uh, Return of the Jedi and in Force Awakens. And I know we're we're all already getting some of that with the aftermath trilogy. Yeah, but I think some of these big questions of how exactly did Kylo Ren get turned. Yeah. You know, what is going on with Luke? I think those would be fun to uh, see in book format because I don't think it's practical with yeah. the actors. Um, and I feel like it, there's a lot of internal life in those stories, so it'd be fun to read. Absolutely. Um, the, the other little morsel of canon that has fallen away uh, is there, so was, there was the 2D Clone Wars uh, cartoon that Cartoon Network put out uh, mm-hmm. by the creator of Samurai Jack. Yep. Uh, and that was what gave Lucas the idea to do his Clone Wars, but that's been wiped from canon. Yep. So a couple things that are in there is um, how Anakin actually – what Jedi trial did he actually go to yep. through to become a Jedi? And uh, it's actually not addressed in the cartoon either. But we've never seen exactly how Anakin gets the scar unless it's in some book or comic that I haven't read, which is a possibility. Yeah, But certainly there's that, no yeah. well-known thing. So there's just a little bit more in the mm-hmm. midst of the Clone Wars. There's some juicy Anakin story to be told, and I would love to see like – 
yeah. the book of how Anakin became a Jedi, like how he got yep. the scar and what trial did he go through and all that. I agree. And that, that, that cartoon series, I still own the uh, the DVDs. And yeah, that's some, uh, when I talk about that series and I have so many positive thoughts about that series, Grievous and um, some of the stuff. Yeah. Even Kit Fisto gets a great moment, a great episode. Um, but um, yeah, that trial scene, which which also, by the way, it's reminiscent of Homer Simpson in the Simpsons movie. Uh, there's some similar <laughs> – I think the Simpsons writer saw that. Yeah. Um, uh, there, there's some stuff there. Um, I, I, I like you. I want to see – I'm still not sure because it's still unfolding. I want to see, uh, to answer your question, Chris, again, how we got from point A at the end of Jedi to point B, Force Awakens. Um, we're getting it with Windig stuff. We're getting it with Shattered Empire. But I, I there's some specific questions I have want answered. Um, I want a little bit more of the political stuff. And I know that's not yeah. going to play um, in the uh, movies. And they already – Force Awakens cut out all that stuff. Yep. The stuff with Corsella was cut out, and and there's some stuff there that I want to see. But um, and the fall of Ren, I, I I think you're right. Can't be handled in flashbacks completely. I don't want a TV series of it. No. Adam Driver wouldn't do that, I'm no. sure. Um, so I want a I want a trilogy of books, man. Give give Lucina or someone a juicy run at uh, the fall of Ren or the fall and the rise of the Knights of Ren and the fall of Luke's Academy. Yeah. There's so much stuff. And I'm okay waiting. I don't need it this summer. <laughs> I'm okay waiting to after nine. Yeah. Because then we can go back and fill some of the blanks in. Because right now I like wondering. I like not knowing. I like the only thing I have on the fall of Ren is that vision that Ray has. Yeah. And some words spoken in the movie. And I want to fill it in a little bit and have some fun with it and then get the answers. And I do want the answers. But I agree I want to wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the comics are doing great. There's a lot of stuff you can tell in the comics. Um, I love what Marvel's doing and, and, and Jordan White and Heather Antos over there, the the, the editors of, of what they're doing and all the writers. They're doing great stuff over there. Some of the stuff um, – it's not my favorite, and I say that I, I try not to be critical of because I love what they're doing, and I love that I get to go to my comic shop and buy six Star Wars comics right now. But um, you know, some of it gets a little too weird for me. Other people might love it. <laughs> um, but um, so I, there's some of those. The Fall of Ren, I don't want it to be a five part comic series or anything. I want it to be a deep, juicy, fun, dark book. Yeah. Um, so hopefully answer that's your first question, Chris. Second question is uh, in that vein, uh, what is your dream author to tackle a Star Wars novel? Wow. Um, well, I, I, I don't – I'm not up on a lot of modern authors. I'm not either. Um, so And I, I can't answer Douglas Adams anymore, yeah, unfortunately. Well, I, I, yeah, I only have dead people. Douglas <laughs> Adams, Kurt Vonnegut. I mean I would – I wouldn't yeah. mind some weird choices uh, because I feel like they're doing such a good job expanding – the galaxy. I feel like there is room to make some stylistically different books. Right. So I would not mind if the, you know someone like Stephen King took a run at Star Wars and it was like way off in the corner of the galaxy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. And all, honestly, I guess that's my answer. Is like I would like to see a horror novelist, a respected horror novelist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend named Brian Keene who's a, a, a very successful horror author. I'd love to see somebody like him say like, "Here's your little corner." There's always been a little hint of horror. Yeah. In Star Wars, things that make you jump. Yeah. It's the great Clone Wars episode where they uh, get the Geonosian uh, brain worms. Yeah. And it's basically Star Wars with zombies, and it works. Yeah. It fits. I so I stuff. would love yeah. a full out, just in the corner of the, the galaxy, Star Wars horror movie written by a good horror author. Yeah. 
I, I totally get that. Uh, I'm going to choose a friend as well, a guest of Jedi Alliance, uh, our friend uh, Madeline Rue, who's the author, uh, New York Times bestselling author of the Asylum series, which is a series of uh, young adult themed horror movie horror books. Um, but uh, that YA title can throw you off. It's good stuff, and she's great. And she's a huge Star Wars fan, loves her Ewoks, um, and she's friends with some of these writers already. And I, I she on Jedi Alliance wrote um, Maud and I a five page short story about a oh, young awesome. a young uh, girl at a Sith Academy uh, learning to be Sith going kind of the old Republic days and uh, it was so awesome so witty and so smart I want to see I want to see her uh, her gaze turned onto the Star Wars universe so uh, you can always tweet uh, at author Rue Madeline Rue and tell her that uh, Force Center wants her to write a Star Wars book um, <laughs> that's awesome I think she'd be really great at it and uh, she could also uh, she's such a fan of Ewoks she loves Ewoks adventures and that character the young girl from the Ewoks adventures um which now there's a theory that it's Phasma. Yeah, it's young Phasma. Yeah, yeah. we all know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's young Phasma, um, of course. I'd love to see. <laughs> I'd love to see uh, her dive into that. Follow yeah. the characters' adventures. Uh, Jake Silva the Fourth at the Silva Flash says, "Do you think we'll see a Luke Skywalker movie covering the time between Episode Six and Episode Seven? Goes kind of a similar vein question yeah. here. I don't think it'll be a movie by any means. I don't no. think we're gonna get a younger. Uh, Mark Hamill lookalike cast or anything like that. No, I don't think so. Unfortunately, um, you know, and, and that is when I think the bittersweet things about the Force Awakens that we didn't come around to meeting our characters like you know ten, fifteen years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe there's a possibility if everything goes exactly the way Disney wants, and these movies come out year after year. I think they are going to have to space out the sagas. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible like ten years from now you'll get a recast original trilogy. Because I, what I would like to see is I would like to see them having just some kind of fun adventures mm-hmm. in the in the time in between. Like, hey, we got the New Republic set up. Everything's kind of going well. Right. We're having kids. We're having fun. We're starting Jedi Academy. Before everything falls apart and whatever the Ren Snoke disaster is, <laughs> it would be fun to see them. So I think maybe eventually, but not for a long time. And right. probably not with Mark Hamill. Um, regarding, uh, this is a question uh, from Chris Whitehead at uh, Osiris two nine. Two, uh, thoughts on Maul, Darth Maul for Rebels Season 2. He wants Obi-Wan to return and finish him. As a, I don't think we'll see him in a new movie. So he's asking about Maul and, and, and Rebels. But I'm going to ask even more to you, Joseph. I want to get your thoughts on this quickly here. That um, Maul in general coming back. Yeah. Where where are you at with that? And are you happy seeing him continue to come back now, continuing to come back in Rebels? Yes. I, I love that he came back. I mean, it, it is one of those things of like, hey, it's great to love the Star Wars galaxy because super over-the-top stuff happens, and it's kind right. of okay. Right. Um, so I love that he came back in Clone Wars. I think what they did with him fleshed out his character mm-hmm. immensely. It fleshed out kind of the story of the Sith and that sort of relationship. Right. That Palpatine was willing to just be like, eh, you're done. You're done. I have not read Sons of Dathomir, which is the comic book I that have. adapted what they were going to do in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where they kind of left him off uh, exactly with that story. It was good. It was good, good-ish. It was good. It was good. It was good. Did it put a lot of a button on his no. story? No. To me, I'm trying to recall it. It's a four-issue four arc. Uh, it left it open-ended. Yeah, and um, it's a weird— I'm not surprised he's still alive. I'll just say that. Yeah, so— um, so I feel like it's a, a fascinating story to explore in Rebels. The, you know, as we're recording this, the trailer just came out, and a lot of people think a hooded figure is Maul. Yeah, uh, and I'm happy to see him because uh, I, I love the character, and I think they expanded him in Clone Wars. I'm I'm happy to see him. Uh, Maul, like everyone, I love the stuff in Phantom Menace, and was like, "What? That's all?" Yeah. Um, 
when I heard he was coming back and heard how he was coming back in Clone Wars, I was very dubious, dubious, and and very against it. But it was executed well. I, I got over it pretty fast that he had robot legs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was good. His brother, Savage Oppress, and all that stuff wasn't my favorite. I think possibly, and this is saying a lot. Yeah. The most over the top Star Wars name. Right. Uh, savage oppress. Sava- and then they, they mostly say savage. Like, I know it's savage. I yeah. can spell. I can say. Um, <laughs> and uh, the character stuff wasn't bad, but if it had been just his brother and Maul wasn't there, maybe I would have liked it better. But I like, in the end of the end of the day, my point is I like Maul coming yeah. back. Um, and I'm okay with, I'm intrigued that he's coming back. I sometimes wonder if it's a little bit of fan service of, I know, isn't it, doesn't it suck that he died? Don't worry, we're going to flush out the story. But I think they're doing it well. So as long as they keep doing it well, I'm on board. Yeah, and I think I'll, I'll just say this real quick. I, I feel like if they, like this trailer is suggesting, if they want to go, Ezra, going to the dark side, right. they need someone to manipulate him. And it needs to, and I'm happy for it to be out of the Palpatine yeah. Vader uh, Inquisitor's loop. Loop, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm good with that. Um, so, uh, Tristan Shields at Grand Moff Shields, who tweets in often to, uh, Spotlight Star Wars, says, newest The Force Awakens character that you disliked the most. He says, Hux ain't all that great the more I watch it. Um, Tristan, I kind of, I don't like to be mean and negative, but I kind of agree with you. Hux wasn't my favorite. Um, Donald Gleason did a good job. It was over the top, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, but there was some, you know, this battle station on which we stand. Um, <laughs> yes. Got a bit much for me, but it's, but I didn't like the character because I think I wanted it more flushed out. Some of the backstory, his father was in the Imperial Army and was actually a key guy in, in, in the academy and like design okay. training stuff. So there's an interesting character there. I, I just, maybe I want more. But in that one, from the first viewing to even the sixth, Hux stands out as the character I like the least. Yeah, I have a complex relationship with Hux. You are because yeah. yeah, I walked out of seeing the film the first time, devastated by Han, and then I just got a bunch of tweets of like, "You look like General Hux." <laughs> <laughs> so like, hey, could you leave me alone for a second? I'm I'm trying to process my grief, uh, and everybody's like, "You look like this evil whiny dude." Uh, and I, I yeah, I, I feel like he is. Not a bad character. He just didn't get fleshed out very much in yeah. The Force Awakens. I yeah. like the choice that it's not a Tarkin ripoff. That this yeah. the First Order is it completes the picture of the First Order as uh, the young upstarts trying to be the Empire. It Whereas absolutely does. Tarkin was the Empire, and this is yeah. a guy who's like, I'm going to try to give a speech the way I, Tarkin would have. I, I think going into Force Awakens and not knowing too much, as I tried to keep myself away from it, I thought Max von Sydow was going to be that. A little bit. I thought yeah. he was going to be more in the movie. I get why he's not. He's in his early 90s now. Um, I thought that was going to be – I thought, oh, we're going to have some old dude lording over stuff again. Yeah. So I'm totally good with it being a young guy. You're absolutely right. This is a young guy is trying to do it, not doing it as well. Yeah, and it also is that great sibling rivalry between uh, Hux and Kylo Ren. And I'm okay with that even though I thought – again, Hux on my first viewing, I was like, he's just a sniveling tattletale. But guess what? That's what he is. He is. Yeah, that's, so his that's character. what it is. Yeah. So the character's one, but I just uh, if I have to pick one there, uh, Tristan, that's where I'm going with. Um, you yeah. is that that yes, yeah. I can't come up with a character I didn't like because almost every character is like, well, give him give him time. I would say this is my general Force Awakens Kvetch. Mm-hmm. I would have liked a few weirder aliens, mm-hmm. uh, and there are a couple mm-hmm. in Maz's castle. They're the yeah. the insect dudes. <laughs> playing some kind of space poker or whatever yeah. they're doing. I love that. There's a worm thing. Yeah. Uh, but I would have liked some more just mind-blowing weird aliens. Yeah, I could. you know what? I changed my answer. 
I know my least favorite Force Awakens character. Okay, bring it. The Rathtars. <laughs> and it's not the concept of them. I, I still, have, even after the sixth viewing, it's, it's two Men in Black 2 for me. It's not even – if it was Men in Black 1, I'd be on board. Okay. <laughs> two Men in Black 2. Um, the concept of Han hauling these crazy creatures that he's trying to get to King Prana, I'm yeah. fine with. I get it. Yeah. Uh, just that scene itself, uh, not my favorite. Um, so maybe the Rathtars. <laughs> maybe the Rathtars. Final question today. You guys, uh, thank you so much for, again, following us on Force Center Pod, listening to us, and tweeting in with your questions at hashtag Force Center. Matt Brown at MattBRW08 says to us, which director do you have more faith and confidence in with their episode, Ryan Johnson or Colin Trevorrow, and why? Well, that one's probably easier. Real easy for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I love everything Ryan Johnson has ever done. I only know Colin Trevorrow from Jurassic World, mm. and I just I'm kind of mystified. I, you know, I think I, I'm known for in general being pretty positive, and yeah. I am. It's not I'm not pretending to be positive. I feel positive about these things. It's yeah, because you know a lot of the things that are are bad I find funny or engaging, or I can kind of in my mind judo wrestle with them and they become good to me. <laughs> but this is one of those things where I feel negative, where I'm worried about Colin Trevorrow. Um, because mm-hmm. especially in contrast with Ryan Johnson, because Ryan Johnson right. does deep, complex. It is very, very smart, but it's also very human and visceral and emotional. And that's right. that's when Star Wars is at its best. And Jurassic World had fun moments and had big wow bang moments and right. well handled action. But I don't know who any of those characters are. I don't know what they like. I don't know why they like mm. each other. They are charming pieces puzzle pieces moving around a board and that makes me really Mm -hmm. nervous yeah uh similar answer i'm same same answer i I like uh safety not guaranteed which is trevorrow's first and i have not seen that okay it's a great movie but it there's no way it translates you know he can't do that in star wars it's a small indie movie with a romantic theme and uh i love it i love the movie okay. i love the movie so uh when he got jurassic world i was really excited now i'm not a jurassic park guy i've seen it love it i haven't seen jurassic world yeah um but oh, I, you haven't seen jurassic i haven't world. seen jurassic world i just i'm not and, and and if you follow me through schmoes or even now screen junkies it's a running joke uh the the lack of movies i <laughs> have seen um but it's not even that i'm not i'm not enthralled by the jurassic park world just okay. not I like the ride better than I like most of the movies. The first movie's great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, um, if Colin Trevorrow was making a Star Wars ride, Episode Nine ride at Disneyland. Yeah, all right. Yeah. My thing is, I wonder going into it. I'm like, I'm not. Everyone was like, no, when it first was announced. All my friends uh, and schmoes were, and I was like, well, you know. But Lucasfilm's kind of making this movie. Yeah. Um, and I still think that's true. But then I'm hearing some of the stuff about eight, and then you're kind of hearing some of the stuff about seven. Abrams is high up, and he's a director, but. He's not necessarily shepherding eight as much as you'd think. As first, we all kind of thought, oh, he's going to be the Feige of this. Now, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy and everyone uh, are, are that. And Ryan Johnson from all here and stuff, some some stuff I can't say on air, uh, um, this is his movie. Yeah, and I believe there are rumblings, maybe confirmed, that he is working on the script for nine as well? Yes. And that makes me feel a little bit better. A little better, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my in trying on one hand to go, Trevorrow's going to be okay because he's going to have people around him to make sure. Um, then I'm like thinking, well, if it's if Johnson has carte blanche, then Trevorrow might have carte blanche. But you know, I, I also believe I don't know. I still believe in Trevorrow. I still think that that Safety Not Guaranteed was so great of a movie, it was such a great heart, such great storytelling characters that 
you know, I know he had a lot to do, and he and his buddy wrote the script and Jurassic World and everything. Yeah. But at the same time, that's you're trying to I don't know. There's a lot of expectations on that, and if it, if it missed and failed, it did. Um, but Ryan's the safer bet right now. Yeah, that's it, just the it, way yeah. it is. I think there's just something about it that's funny to me that you know, in all the criticism that The Force Awakens is too similar to A New Hope, there's something about like if you were going to absolutely replicate what happened with the original trilogy. The second chapter is made by a director who's great with actors and gets right. deep, dark, human, complex emotions. And then the third one's kind of well, let's get this guy, and it's kind of, <laughs> and you kind of have to tell him how to handle the material, and it's yeah. kind of bang wow and some weird choices. Like, are they purposely like do, doing this weird historical reenactment of the actual directors? Of the original trilogy? Yeah. It's like, I don't, I'm not sure Richard Marquand knew what Luke Skywalker's name was. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the, the late Richard Marquand, uh, hey, he gave us a great movie, right? Yeah. Right? With Lucas not over his shoulder every second of the day. Um, so we'll see. But I hope that answers your uh, question, man. We thank you so much. Uh, we thank all of you for tweeting in. Again, uh, it's fun sometimes to uh, communicate. That's what the fun of being a Star Wars fan is, is getting with your friends and communicating and having some fun. Um, so uh, that is what we've done today. We 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 uh, rub shoulders with the hashtags. Yeah, yeah. And I thought of my least favorite Force Awakens character. Yeah, and it is Constable Zuvio because <laughs> he distracted me looking for him in the damn movie when he's not there at all. And I thought for a second, I was like, I think he's the guy that appears in the Vision that I gets think killed. We both said that on the podcast. Yeah, his we helmet later. has the same. Oh, yeah, no, nope, just um, no. Nope. There's a bounty hunter who has a helmet like that <laughs> in the Clone Wars. The helmet looks a little bit like the Fifth Brothers. Mm. It looks like con- so. No more big flat disc helmets because it's hard <laughs> to tell in shadow who they are. Absolutely, absolutely. So that is Force Center for this week. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Force Center Pod on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes. Find us on Podomatic, where we are doing great things in the rankings because of you guys out there who follow us. Uh, you can follow me at Cadnapsock and Joseph. They can follow you. On the old Twitter machine is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And uh, we uh, have a lot of things to say about Star Wars, and we will again. And uh, thank you so much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing the Four Center podcast feed, which uh, such shows as uh, Databank Brawl, uh, Jedi Beat, Spotlight Star Wars, and much more to come, along with this show, Force Center. So until next time, for Joseph, for General Hux, we'll (laughs) see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 